Blog Talk Radio. Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Join America's leading relationship expert, top holistic life coach, and best-selling author, Dr. D. Yvonne Young, along with a diverse team of regular commentators, experts, and celebrity guests. Be entertained while being informed on the issues that affect you most. Don't miss it. Dr. D. Yvonne Young, providing you the tools you need to start living a profoundly extraordinary life. Good afternoon, America. Today is February the 12th, 2015, and we're a couple of days away from what I consider to be one of the most confusing days uh, on the face of this earth. That is Valentine's Day, but if you happen to have someone to share it with, nothing can be sweeter than real, authentic, and true love. With that stated, let's, uh, we're going to have a show today that's going to be quite helpful to you. I know for many of us, we're trying to find a authentic, true, and lasting love. How do you find that? Well, it gets real simple. Sometimes you don't. It has to find you. And when that is the case, is that really a bad thing? Well, if you're prepared, it's not. If you aren't prepared, that is that definitely can suck. And here's why I say that. When you have opportunities to connect with someone at a meaningful and significant level, that is a beautiful thing. However, before that can take place, you yourself must be transparent. You must be that which you seek. All the uh, last, I guess the last few shows, maybe the, uh, since the beginning of this month and the end of last month, I have been creating content with that in mind. In my office on a consistent basis, I have people that come in here that have million-dollar net worths, and they have everything that you could conceivably imagine and they're blowing it. I mean, and when I say blowing it, I do mean blowing it for less of a reason. Sometimes it's over things as foolish as money. Other times it's about ego. Other times it's about control. At the end of the day, the biggest thing that is wrong is that these people are just no different than you or, you or myself trying to find an external solution to an internal problem. I'm here to tell you it's not going to happen. There is nothing that you can say, nothing that you can do that is going to lead you down the road to happiness when that means that you miss out on someone or some situation that was really meant to work for you, that was meant to be that which you seek. But we end up losing love and connection to things that are meaningful for this, putting it mildly, less of a reason. Well, 
If you are sick and tired of being sick and tired, today's show is definitely going to help you do that. Later on in our program today, I have a gentleman that is considered one of America's leading matchmakers. Um, This guy has been recognized by everybody on earth, including Oprah Winfrey, for his gift and his ability in hooking people up. Now, before you start getting the happy feet dance, I want you to get a pen and paper out because like all good things, to be hooked up in such a way costs a bit of money, and I'll let him feel you uh, or you can investigate after this uh, show is over today what his fees for services are and things of that nature. But I definitely suggest that with intent you tune in and pay very close attention to that which he has to share with you. You're going to find it mind-boggling. Now, let's go a step further. I've been going through some Valentine's Day facts. and I'm a nerd. Yes, I am a nerd. But I find it interesting because I think when we sift through the ashes, we find some things to, to think about here. Did you know that almost 150 million cards Grit meaning Valentine's Day cards, and this isn't even including the ones little kids hand out, are passed back and forth between people. Did you know over 50% of these cards women purchased six days prior to the day? But men, well, yeah, it's so wrong with us. I swear to Jesus. We are a hot mess. We typically buy a Valentine's Day card that within 12 hours of giving it to the person that's going to receive it. However, here's some interesting stuff. Now, this blew my mind. Um, we did, I did some research, and I found that on average, for men and women in their 20s, now check this out, in their 20s, it's something about young love that is so true. It says there are 119 single men who have never married, not widowed or divorced, that are in their 20s for every 100 single women in the same age group. Now, that's something to think about, right? This is the one time that the myth that women outnumber men gets quickly dispelled, and I even wanted to break that down. So I was like, okay, let's see who is in this sample. So in Hispanics, Hispanic men, the single, 153 to 100 women. Asians, 132 men per 100 women. Non-Hispanic whites, whatever that means, 120 men per 100 women, and African-Americans, 92 men per 100 women. And those numbers are kind of shaky, right? But that's pretty close. Now, check this out. This is really a deep thing. At age 34, yeah, about 15 years later, between age 34 and age 65 or older, For every 100 single women, there are only 34 available men. You heard me? Now, what do you think is causing this disparity? I find it, and I'm going to just leave that for your mind to wonder, but I'm going to tell you some things here. In that 20 age group, a lot of those 20-year-old women happen to be marrying men that are 12 or more years older than them, and the rate at that is over 50%. So that's another reason why 
older men are marrying younger women, and I don't mean older men. I when I you know like you're Hugh Hefner and you look like you could be doing stunts for Creep Show. But the the truth is, brothers that are in their mid thirties, forties, and fifties are marrying women that are in their twenties, twenty four seven, happening like hotcakes. But I'm going to repeat this. There are 34 single men, and by single, I'm defining never been married, widowed, or divorced at age between 34 and 65 or older. Now, this is or older for every 100 single women of the same age groups. In other words, women at this point outnumber us two to one. So, ladies, if you are over 34 years old, uh, and if I add in brothers that are gay, if I add in men that are incarcerated, if I add in them brothers that you know damn well you do not want to deal with because they're tripping, don't have their stuff together, live with their mom or their cousin or with some other woman and, and before they move in and you're stupid enough to take him in, those guys, the number significantly goes up to almost 200 single women to every 34 single men, right? Now, here's some breakdowns. Of these per 100 women in Hispanic culture, there are 38 men available per 100. Non-Hispanic whites, there are 33 men available per 100. Black single men, there are 33 available per 100 women. And Asians, 28 men per 100 women. So my Asian sisters out there, they're snatching you guys up early, but I don't know what's happening to y'all after... uh, the age of 34, 35, but these ratios are something else. Now, I'm going to take you a step further. There is hope. In America, <laughs> you already know, by the way, I'm laughing at the end of me saying there's hope. i got a wake-up call for you. But in America, on a daily basis, more than 6,000 people get married every day. I'm talking Saturday, Sunday, Today, 6,000 people in this country are going to get married. And I don't know, uh, like Jamie Foxx said, blame it on the alcohol. Maybe that may have something to do with it. But over, uh, let me make sure I'm looking at this right. Over a fourth of these marriages take place in Nevada. So I'm going to tell you, man, you you might not want to go to Nevada and start drinking because you might, uh, you remember that movie? Hangover, you may wake up married to a prostitute or to another guy or something. So just watch drinking and going near a wedding chapel. For some reason, people tend to walk in one way and come out another. Now, the estimated average age of a first marriage for a woman and for a man is averaging about 25, 26 years old. So most of those uh, are, you know, that that saying that we're waiting a little later. Historically, people were getting married right out of high school. So I guess it took us 50 years to start realizing uh, one of two things. Either we have gotten much more immature or we have gotten a lot more common sense and learned to wait. What we found, though, is that uh, most of these people, uh, that get married and stay married are typically waiting till later in life to do so. So if you are running around 
beating yourself up, thinking your biological clock is ticked off the wall and marriage is not available for you, uh, don't sweat it. Your day will come, and when your day does come, life is good. You don't have to start tripping. Everything is going to be okay. So take a deep breath. You are not going to end up spending the rest of your life by yourself, and life is not going to damn you to oblivion just because you cannot have something uh, or someone in your life at this season. Your time is coming, so just hang in there for a minute. Going a little bit further with some things, we are looking at um, cohabitation studies. This is another interesting little tidbit. I'm going down my little fact list because I really want want you to get comforted that um, it's not the end of the world when you cannot find the mate that you're looking for and you want to go and just fix somebody up and throw them in a box that doesn't really suit you. Life is not over. 70% of the men and women that are 30 to 34 who have been married at some point in their lives, half of those people are willing to try it again. So if your first relationship crashed and burned, don't sweat it. Life is good and life is fair. Now I want to get to some substance substance in this. Uh, one other thing, Julius, shoot me uh, an, uh, a connection uh, via the traditional method because for some reason my back line is not chatting with you. What I need to uh, get you to write down today, we were talking about defining what it is that we want, what's important to us. Last week or last Sunday, I actually had people writing down a list like, where am I in my life right now? What is important to me? What's my three-year plan? I had you do a test um, that happened maybe last week where I said, let's take this test, and if you score less than 25, you do not need to be in a relationship. Also on that same test, I said, if you score 35 and you're in a relationship, the wise move for you to make is now to contact somebody like me, be it me or someone else, and start doing the homework and start getting to know not only your mate, but to get to know yourself. And and yesterday I was on CBS television and the uh, Houston market and on Great Day Houston. And we were taking calls, and unfortunately, uh, the phones lit up so much that they were only able to, like, get two calls through and what have you. But here's what came from the after discussion and the emails that I got from people and the text messages I got from people. They asked me, they said, Dr. D, man, what is the most important thing that I can do to bring my life into balance so that I can attract um, I can attract something meaningful in my life. And I, after hearing that question, I, I did. I took some time and I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? There's got to be a, a better way. There's got to be another answer for us in examining that question. After careful review, what I came up with some something that was just really, really simple. The thing that's so simple is we go into relationships 
wanting someone else to complete us, all to no avail, because I'm just being honest with you, no one, absolutely no one, and if you base your relationship on someone completing you, I'm here to warn you, you probably are not going to have a very good relationship. Before you get started, look at these things and and write these things down about you. Ask yourself, you know, what is going on with me that I cannot be alone with me? And and take a real hard look at that issue because it's very important that we do take a look at that issue. Well, many of us step into these situations with others where we're thinking um, we're not getting things that we uh, we're not getting things the, that we should get in life because we don't even know what we need. So ask yourself and, and put it on paper: what is missing? Is it that I don't have uh, I don't have the love that I I need? And if and if it's about if that's your answer, the issue isn't with someone else. That has much more to do with how you feel about you. That has a great deal to do with the content and the context of your life. Now, here's what I mean by that: the context of your life is how you view it uh, and, and and associate the the definition and for those of you that are on a computer or an iPhone or have an iPad I want you right now to look up the word context and I'm going to give you a layman's definition of context context basically suggests this it furthers the definition of a word or a set of circumstances that relate to the meaning of something. I'm going to repeat that. Context, basically, and almost like getting a suit tailored, you know, to fit you. It tailors the content of your life and the meaning thereof. So when I say something like, you know what, man, that's, you know, that's, that, that dude is bad. And context, if I say that in one situation, it means that you're really good at what you do. It means that uh, I could say, I hear young cats always saying, man, LeBron is a beast, referring to his ability on the basketball court. And then I've heard women refer to a man and say he acts like a beast, meaning you running around in heat trying to just hump whatever you can, like uh, Skittles would hump a pillow. By the way, Skittles happens to be this little freaky dog I know. But the, the thing is, is when you look at, the context and the meaning of your life, it helps you to understand as well as define where you are, how you are, and moreover, what you need to do to change that condition. Now, the content of your life. The content of your life is what's in it. You know, let's let's take the words and, and break them, break it down. Con, 
meaning with, intent meaning where you house something, you know, a place where something is in proximity to other things under the same roof, under the same constraints, under the same boundaries. So if we look at content, what is, what is bound to you? What is with you? What is proximal to you? And better yet, who? Are you in a place where you have a relationship that you're in because you don't want to give up half your money? I know of a guy right now, wealthy dude, nice guy. He's in a marriage with a woman that is getting on his last nerve, but to get out of it will cost him half of everything that he owns. I mean, and when you, it's one thing when you don't own anything together. Maybe you guys just have to sell a house and split the equity. That's one thing. But when you're talking millions of dollars, and that's this dude's situation, he's stuck with someone that is working his last nerve, but it, like it, he said, it would destabilize his life, plus they have kids or whatever. Or I know women that are in situations that are very similar where, okay, if I leave him, there goes the car. The kids are in private school. I can't afford to keep these kids in private school. You know, it's like, so what have you accepted as a ongoing condition in your life? What is the content of your life? For some, I've met women that have said, I cannot meet a man for anything. And I'm sitting here about to asphyxiate, meaning choke, because the woman smells like a damn ashtray. You know, something as little as some of your habits are blocking you from having anyone connect to you because you uh, are overly, you know, we had a lady call into the show a couple of uh, episodes ago. And when the sister called in, and I'm not knocking this, okay, so don't think I'm making fun of this woman, but some of you, have, you have nothing that's in your life that is making sense. But you, so now you have become religious. And I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, God is not religious. If he were, I surely would not worship him. And when Jesus tried to tell people that, they killed him. <laughs> you know, it's like Jesus was telling people, you know what, God, this mess and all these rules and laws you have is a bunch of bull crap. You know, you know, people even said to him, well, dude, you know, you're drinking wine. He said, well, now you want to judge me because I'm enjoying a glass of wine. He said, you know, here's John the Baptist out here. This cat is, hasn't bathed. He's beating bugs and stuff, and you guys exonerate him, and he tells you, here I come. Someone greater than him, y'all want to kill me, and I'm not eating bugs, and I bathe and smell good. So the point I'm making to you is that you cannot go and uh, immerse yourself into anything uh, to the degree that you're using it to make up for who you are not. You know, if you are sitting here and you know the minute that you leave work today, you're heading straight to happy hour over at Papa Do's, over at some bar, you're an alcoholic. Whether you want to call yourself, I'm just meeting for drinks, let me give you a hint. Your ass is not meeting for drinks. You are an alcoholic, okay? If you have to leave your job and go drink, you're just a functional alcoholic. The other thing is, let's say you are still smoking, 
and you're you're sitting up here coughing. I have a friend of mine that is a, and believe it or not, this brother's a doctor, and he cannot stand in a room for over an hour without having to step outside, smoke a cigarette, and he's about to cough up his left testicle. He's coughing so hard, but the bottom line is. This man just will not stop smoking, and he wonders why. Who the hell wants to be around you and you smell like an ashtray? And, ladies, this is especially not attractive for you because that smoke is all in your hair. It's in your clothes. I mean, for Christ's sake, and God forbid if you're smoking weed, it's really worse. The other thing is you, you're shopping. Are you in a relationship with a store that every time you walk in, these people know you? I mean, really, have you got it so bad that you're not complete unless you are out buying something? And yet others, you have a relationship with food. Food is your friend. You drive by McDonald's and you get excited because they say the Mac rib is back. Others, you have a relationship that is so inappropriate with other people. Every time you go somewhere, you are on your phone texting. You can't stop texting. You can't even sit down and eat dinner without texting. Are you so codependent on other things that you've accepted that is your reality and you have the audacity to wonder why you don't have a relationship with another human being? Who in the hell wants to be? with someone that is addicted to something other than life. It gets real simple. So when you look at the content of your life, what's in it, when you look at the context, how is what is in your life affecting the, the quality, the essence, the presentation? Because what I'm going to give you this. I I, uh, had a meeting last night with my team. God has blessed me to have such wonderful people around me. And, um, you know, I've spent so many years trying to perfect and position myself so that I could do the very thing that I'm doing right now, which hopefully is healing some of you. You know, I'm just as jacked up as anybody, so I figured if God can fix me, Maybe I'm a sign to people that have given up that, hey, it's not over yet. You know, your your day will come and it's coming, and you have the best part of your life before you, right? So I'm talking last night, and and Julia is always like the – I know God sent this woman in my life to really be a blessing to me. She she made this comment. I said, well, we're trying to really define – what, who I am and as a brand and what that message is. So in this, in this, I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking out the left side of my brain. You know, that, 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 by the way, for those of you that actually believe your brain is left and right brain, that's a bunch of bull crap. There's thing, this thing called the corpus callosum that lateralizes brain function. So your brain is not on one side or the other in terms of how it works. But just for an example, I, I came from the academic side. And when I came, I came up with these words and what have you. And as usual in her, I'm gonna, we're going to get a uh, new term for 2014, a juliarism, right? Her juliarism kicks in, and she says, well, speak from your heart. 
you know, and I already know, don't mess with Julia, because as fine and cute as this girl is, she's one of the people look like she might hurt you, you know. So I'm looking, I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, well, let me speak from my heart. And when I did that, she said to me, your voice changed. The tone in your voice changed. Even the way your continence, she didn't use that word, but I'm going to use it, your continence and your presentation was different. I'm saying to you, America, I'm saying to you, the, the uh, Virgin Islands and the U.K., here's what I want you to uh, say. We are so addicted to putting on, uh, I guess, what everyone, what, what we think, because everyone doesn't want to see it, but there's this thing called a personal fable. But, um, you know, there's this thing that we're putting on that other people really don't want really don't want to see what we're being the name on our degree and we're being the title on our business card and we're being anything but authentic we're being anything but transparent and in that transparency what we fail to have take place and what we fail to make happen is an opportunity, we don't open up that mental and that emotional door where someone can walk into our space and feel very comfortable and knowing that I'm sitting here, I'm standing here, I'm walking hand in hand, I'm Skyping, I'm FaceTiming the real you. There there are times in our lives where um, people can literally say to us that, you know, you're full of the S word that ends with a T. And they don't mean it in a bad way. What these people are really saying to you when, when you see a woman break down and start crying, when you see a man punch the hole into a wall, when you see somebody throw something and break it and all of that, you know, here's what's really going on. Well, hang on, hang on. Let me let me clarify that. You may happen to be in the presence of a damn pool when those things happen. So I'm talking about folks with good sense when they reach a breaking point, Okay. If you're around somebody that is constantly cursing, hitting, and breaking stuff and slamming doors, you know, you might want to just switch partners and get out that person's life. They got some anger management issues. But I'm talking about those days when you hit the bottom, where you literally feel as if you're about to crash and burn, or you see your mate doing that. You know, one thing that I wrote in that checklist when I was saying grade yourself on the one to tens, and I gave you guys those five points. One of the things was, you know, it's one thing when you hold stuff back, you're depriving someone the opportunity to evolve and to grow because you don't want to deal with the facts. You don't want to confront their misgiving. You don't want to... Uh, rock the vote. You want everything uh, to stand clue 
but but here's here's where we're going, and here's what I, I want you to hear with this. In creating a safe place for someone else to receive your broken pieces, you have to have been in a safe place with yourself to receive your own broken pieces because you cannot offer to someone else that which you do not have. You know, one reason why, and we we go to God in times of pressure, we call upon saints and angels and ancestors and, you know, these celestial beings is because they're not bound by time and space. You're not going to pray to God for healing if he has a cold. I mean, think about it. You know, if if, if you say, well, hey, man, I'm, I'm coming to Jesus. I'm lame. I can't walk. I, I need a lot of bless me. And Allah is sick, and he's like, come back tomorrow. You know, I, you know, Jesus has got the flu. Uh, Buddha has the flu. Whatever. You would not any, unless you lost your mind, still be praying to someone that is vulnerable and susceptible to the same things that compromise your life. So what we look for, and what other people look for in you, is how comfortable are you with your issues. Have you come to a place in your life where you can accept in yourself who you are not? You know, one of the things that I was very pleased with uh, that meeting I shared with you guys about about last night was that at the core of the D. Von Young brand, I'm not perfect. I'm just like you. I hurt just like you. I want to slap the hell out of people just like you. I get mad at myself just like you. I don't want to be bothered just like you. I'm critical of other people, and I'm being a hypocrite because sometimes I need to look at myself first. Don't you say nothing because if you're judging me, you're you're behind is crazy too. See, Julia, I called myself that time. But you're just as crazy as I am. And the thing that I want you to write down is, what is it about me and the context and the content of the person, the being, the name that I am, what is it that I don't like? For those of you that don't have anything to write down, we really, really need to talk. Because if you can't think of something you don't like about yourself, you have really, really tipped off into the deep end of narcissism. But the truth is there is something about you don't you don't like about you. For some of you, it can be your weight for, that you can see. For others, it's the weight you cannot see. But let's examine that issue. Moving further down this road, What are your breaks when it comes to other people? When you consider taking on a mate, what is it that you know that you can't deal with? And that's okay because these are the things that cause you not to connect with someone. And when you miss that connection, there is a place where you do yourself a disservice by tolerating things and uh, just out of desperation that you know you wouldn't put up with any other time. I'll give you an example of this, okay? 
Um, oh, and I just got a message. Paul may be tied up. We're not sure if we're going to have to reschedule him or not. But if so, I'm going to continue on the train. You're not going to miss a beat. So we apologize for that. But I think God knows what he's doing. So somebody really needed to hear this more than that. So um, I'm going to continue on this track. Look at what you cannot deal with in other people. Write it down. Can you deal with the fact that this person doesn't have a job? They're not employed. Now, some of you are going, man, that's jacked up. Is it really jacked up, though? When you interfere with hitting bottom, you interfere with them becoming the best that they can be because pressure brings about character. So sometimes you're accepting people when they're at their worst is not so, you know, you feel good because it's it's a benevolent thing to you. You feel like, well, you know what, I really, uh, you know, I really love this person and I really feel so good about, you know, the fact that he'll, Pookie will be okay. He just got out of jail again. Well, maybe Pookie doesn't need to be with anybody. Maybe Pookie needs to hit bottom in order for him to hit reach the top of his potential. Maybe Susie or Jane or your niece or your nephew, your daughter, your son, your ex-wife or husband, maybe they need to crash and burn. Maybe you are hurting yourself and them when you take them back. Maybe, just maybe, you're trying to play God in somebody's life when God does not need your help. Another thing that you can look at on the I can't accept list, maybe it's someone's physical condition. Maybe you you don't want the woman back because, you know what, she is 50 pounds overweight. Do you know that if you take her back, she'll never lose the weight? Maybe it, it, or he will never lose the weight. Perhaps that is the only way that this person will do something about their presentation. Maybe sometimes you need to tell this man or this woman, you know what, your breast stink. You're kind of musty. You, you need to go get a haircut. Uh, Every time I see you, you got on those same pants. You know, you can't go to the resale shop. You can't go to uh, TJ Maxx or Ross and, you know, get an image change. I mean, really? Maybe the fact that they keep quitting jobs or quitting school, it's time for you to say, I can't deal with that. I need you to take care of your child. Now, here's here's another one. There are a lot of brothers out there that will take care of a woman's child that they're dating and they don't even take care of their own biological children. And I can understand if you don't know if it's your kid and all that, get a DNA test. And, yeah, it's going to hurt somebody's feelings. You know, maybe the mother will be insulted and be like, well, you know damn well. Okay, well, fine. Look, before you turn into a Maury track star, Go ahead and get that test because if that's what's blocking you from being the father you need to be or the family you need to be, deal with it. So, again, look at what you have from other people. And don't be shy about it. Don't retreat 
and to being this benevolent, I can tolerate everything person. Because I'm here to tell you, D. Yvonne Young, I can't tolerate it. I've had it's so funny. I, I had someone ask me, and they're like, okay, well, you're single, blah blah blah. Okay, well, I'm gonna tell you why. If I'm gonna date a woman. Here's some things I'm going to look at, and don't write me no letters because if I write you back, it's going to hurt your feelings. I'm going to look at, do you look like, I've always said, if I decide I want a significant other, I want to be able to go and tell the concierge at the hotel if I'm on tour, you will know that that's my woman, wife, girlfriend, fiance, whatever stage it is, when you see her. In other words, you will be able to look at this woman and be like, yeah, she belongs with dude. I, when ain't nobody looking and I'm writing a new book or I'm sitting up having a depressed moment or my money is funny, that woman would be like, baby, what do you need? Do I need here? I'll take care of, of, of this right now. You, I need you focused on helping these people. So don't be tripping. I got you back. That's what I need. I need someone that is not going to tell me, oh, that was wonderful. I need somebody that's going to tell me, you know what, that's okay, but you can damn sure do a lot better. In other words, I am not willing to accept less than someone's best as a contribution of my life because look at this, and, and I really want you, America, and I want you, especially those of you in the Virgin Islands, to hear this and in the Caribbean to hear this. We have lowered our bar so much out of desperation and loneliness and horniness and what have you that we are allowing people in our lives that have no doggone business in our lives. And at the end of the day, it's it's almost like you are selling yourself because you are so lonely and so horny and you want somebody these draws on the floor in your bedroom or you want some shoulders to lay your head on at night, or you, you know, you, you really just, you want some somebody's genitalia in your life so bad that you are willing to just sell yourself for cheap. You're willing to not only compromise your integrity, but you're willing to even expose your kids to this nonsense. You're willing, after you notice know last man you dated was a jerk, now, this one is a different kind of jerk. The last one slapped you. This one doesn't slap you. He talks about you and embarrasses you. This last woman you had, you already know that she, the minute you got laid off, she left you. So now you got a job again, and you go get another gold digger in your life. And, you owe, and it's just a matter of time. Or you know for a fact you have been married for how long? You've been married, what, 10 years, 15, almost 20 years. And your husband or your wife is doing the same mess that you have been arguing about for 10 years. And rather than you be man or woman enough to say, you know what, I've had it with your stuff. I've had it with you spending our money like it's water and creating debt and bills and getting warrants because you're bouncing checks and all this kind of stuff. You just sit there and act like everything's okay. It's not okay. When are you? going to actually love yourself enough to get the love you deserve instead of the love that you're settling for. I mean, think about it. Just really think about it. Write down this list of 10 things 
that you must have in someone. You know it's okay to want certain stuff because you want it anyway. You might as well be honest. I mean, I know for a fact what I want. I'm not going to go out or date a woman that is not willing to go and further her education. I don't care if you got a GED, get you an associate's. I don't care if you got an associate's, get you a, a certification. Do something to show me that you love yourself enough to evolve. Because if you can't evolve you, how in the hell are you going to help me evolve? What are we going to do? We're going to, uh, you're going to nurse yourself and you're going to be happy because I'm pursuing my dreams? I don't think so. You know, being really real with you, the only way you're going to be happy is if you pursue your own dreams. Okay? Second thing I want you to think about, you know, you have to be willing as you write out this list to be realistic. If you look like uh, Yoda, don't be trying to go and find, you know, Sophia. Don't don't go try to find Denzel when you look like Hattie McDaniel. You it ain't baby. Be, get some realistic expectations. You know, a salt and pepper shaker needs to match. You know what I'm saying to be a good pair. Look at things that make sense. Expect from other people what you possess yourself. If you know that you barely can read, I'm not saying that you shouldn't get someone that can read because they could they could probably bring you up to snuff. In other words, look for what makes sense to add to your life. And ladies, the a house is a fixer up or not a man. <laughs> you know, some of you sisters, I swear. You are sitting here dating men that I don't get it. I just don't get it. And I'm not trying to be funny because the dude, um, like Todd and Candy, you know, Todd has a talent. He can produce some shows, you know. Todd has a gift and theater. So, you know, if he's dating up, at least he's dating someone that he has something to offer and he can contribute to her life. So nobody's getting played. But when you start marrying a woman or a man just because they're cute, I've even seen women say he has good hair. That mess is coming off. I, You know, I shave my head now. If you find a picture of me in my mid-20s, I had a ponytail in the middle of my back. You dig? I don't, I mean, I cut it off because it did fall off. But the deal is be realistic. These Things that you are looking for need to be beyond superficial traits. Look at a person's wherewithal. Look at their persistence in life. Look at the way that they the term swag comes to my mind. What kind of swag are they working with? How do they handle pressure? When they set a goal, do they achieve it? Do they expect more from you than what they give you? I have seen women and men, and I'm going to just give an example. I've seen women marry a man, and the man has the potential to really be somebody, but for whatever reason, he's just an idiot. Child, you know you got somebody like that. Kick them to the curb. You cannot get what you want in life. And and I'm saying this to some of you, and I know – 
I've had some people say, Dr. D, are you advocating divorce? No, I'm not. But I'm not advocating staying in a dysfunctional relationship with a doggone fool either. You, who are you helping? I've learned something in my experience. The longer you wait to leave a compromising, dysfunctional situation, the longer it's going to take for you to get what God promised you. You know, and, and even today, you know, I hate that uh, Paul uh, had a compromise and, and we're going to have to reschedule him for this uh, to come back on the show. But in matchmaking, one of the things that a matchmaker does is he looks for situations where people are not only equally yoked but complementary to each other, which brings me to my next point. As you look at what you can't stand, as you look at what you must have, I need you to also look at what will help me to attain, help me to reach, help me to realize my potential. Part of being an effective and happy couple um, is achieving things. You know, I, and I, I did a lot, I've done so much research on relationships. One of the things I found is couples that need to touch each other at least 12 times a day, needlessly so, just touch each other, just, you know, kiss on the cheek, pat on the butt, hug, you know. That, that, now I'm not talking about you got to be getting your freak on, just touch each other. Those people tend to have better relationships. I've also learned that people that laugh together at least five times or more a day have very good and lasting relationships. But this is the big one. The most significant factor is people that have lasting, meaningful, successful relationships achieve goals together. And it doesn't always have to be a big goal. You know, I, I tell couples that are under my care, I want you to get a hobby together. And every year, change it out, unless it becomes something that both of you just love, right? But I'll tell brothers, you know, start salsa dancing, line dancing. You know, you and your wife can't dance, no way. Go ahead and do this. It'll be fun. You know, at least you both don't let, don't do something where the other person is already like this, this aficionado at it. But, you know, if both of you can't do it, never did it before, that's probably a good thing for you to do together. Go learn a new language. Go start bird watching. Start hiking. Start working out together. You know, if your sex life sucks, practice the Kama Sutra. I mean, seriously, I am not making that up. If your sex life sucks, you really do need to do some things with your clothes off to keep your closeness there. Reinvent your relationship. But at the end of the day, achieve some goals together. Start a small business, one that you can actually afford that if it's not profitable, no big deal. You're learning as you go. Build a website from scratch together. That way you both play a role. Now, I'm not telling you to go and get in a business <laughs> and you end up cussing each other out, calling each other stupid. I'm not saying do not like that. But what I am insisting upon is achieve something, plans. And every quarter, every three months, you should look up and be able to say, this wasn't in the house before. Look at that. 
you know, if, if you if you are cohabitating, uh, if you're married, your house should not be falling apart. You should be able to walk and say, you know what, that gutter needs to be fixed, or that door, we need a new microwave. And that's that's a small goal, but it keeps it keeps growth, it keeps vibrancy, it keeps flow in your relationship. You should be able to look at your husband and look at your wife and say, you know what. Uh, the weave you had, they took the hair out your head and the cat ran out the beauty shop, whatever. But now we got you some Indian hair, whatever. It doesn't even have to be a big goal, but just set some goals. Here's a good way to do this. Understand that evolution must take place personally as well as professionally. You, every day, this is how I live my life. I set three goals, I mean five goals every day. I mean seven days a week, I set five goals a day. Some of those goals are very simple, you know, like spend time with my son, call my daughter, um, cook my dinner, just simple goals. And out of the five, my acceptable ratio is accomplish three. When I accomplish three of my five goals on a daily basis, at the end of the month, I will have accomplished a minimum of 90 significant things. Now, how can you not do better in your personal life? If you accomplish 90 things a month, that's 1,080 things in a year. You hear me? 1,080 things plus. How can your life not evolve with that as a formula? So, as a couple, I I set the same plan. The only difference is instead of five goals a day, I say five goals a week. And a satisfactory loss ratio continues to be three. So at the end of a month, you as a couple, be you husband and wife, dating, engaged, significant others, cohabitating, whatever, you will have accomplished 12 things. 12 things in a month. That's 144 achievements in a year. How can you not be in not be in love? How can you not appreciate someone that when you look up and you can say, you know what, this time last year we didn't have that chair, we didn't have that TV, we didn't have that couch, we both weighed 50 pounds more than we do right now, our sex life does not suck anymore, Um, I treat you better, I'm a better listener, you're a better communicator. I mean, how can you look back and not see growth if you've accomplished just, like I said, three things a week, which ends up being 12 things a month, which ends up being 144 things in a year, going into closing that the putting the icing on this cake. If you're single, or even if you're married, because this this can work on both both ends of that spectrum. If you're single, I want you to write down the ten things that you want to be when that person comes to your life. And I know that's backwards because typically people are saying, write down what you want from this other person. You know. Real quality relationships 
come from two people contributing their best, not some broken, dilapidated, needy person looking at what they can walk away with. You know, that's that's the reason why your last relationship went south. You kept taking, 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 and not giving. I even had a lady in my office that, you know, this woman has everything in the world. And her thing was, well, I want more, and I want more. And I'm like, well, why don't you do something to contribute to this? You're living the life of a princess or an adolescent who has a rich daddy. But why don't you be your own woman? Why don't you get a career? Why don't you do something where you're not just sitting around getting dressed and trying to keep up with the Joneses and play like you have it going on? Why don't you have something meaningful happen to you? And she's unhappy and and too damn stupid to know it, right? Don't do that to yourself because all that's going to happen is you're going to make the person that comes in your life resent you, and they may stay with you, but what good is a relationship if you're not really happy in it? So write down 10 things that you want to bring to the table in your next relationship. It could be, I want to be a person of integrity. I want to be a person that supports my significant other. Whether the weather is fair, stormy, or calm, I'm going to be in, be in it to win it. How about this time you are actually fully committed other than when it's going good? You're fully committed no matter what. How about this time you be the person that's a catalyst for evolution and a catalyst for change? Instead of looking for someone to come into your life and complete you, why don't you be the one that's looking to come into the situation and compliment, not complete, compliment someone else? Why don't you make it a point to be as transparent and as communicative as possible? Why don't you? Be the person to say, I'm going to live a healthy lifestyle. I'm going to be spiritually healthy. I'm going to be mentally healthy. I'm going to be financially healthy. I'm going to be emotionally healthy. I'm going to be intellectually healthy. Why don't you be the person that is the apple of someone else's eye rather than you looking for someone to walk in and change your life? In other words, try positioning yourself to be that which you seek because what good is it going to do you if you meet the perfect person even if you met them today even if this valentine's day you have a mate that you have wanted all your life and your little no faith having scary every time something goes wrong panic and run to the run in the closet uh, like a rat running in like Tom and Jerry, you run in the floorboard and hide behind the hole every time a problem happens. Why Why not this time you be that which you seek? Because I guarantee you, if you want to find some happiness, you cannot find it outside yourself. It begins with that person you see in your mirror. You remember I, I made this comment to you before. I knew you before you were ever established in your mother's room. You remember the two yous? I knew you, that's you, before you came into this 
tangible plane of existence before you were birthed into this form, this body you have. This That was you, the essence of you, the energy, the light, the light that dwells inside of you before you, meaning the person you have become, the broken, the person that wants to live up to a facade, the person that wants to be that which you proclaimed and that which other people suggest that you are. Why don't we look in between these two these two beings, the one that has unlimited vision and cannot be compromised, and look at the one who has been short of sight and limited in vision that that has compromised yourself and other people, and in between that those two places lies the real you, the real you that's dealing with the content and the context of your life. In closing, here's what I want to tell you. Reality is perception. If you want to change your reality, real simple, just change your perception. Anyway, that's been today's conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Paul will be joining us on a later date, so I apologize to you for that. But I hope that in the meantime, you got what you're supposed to because in my belief, Everything happens exactly the way it was intended to because God does not make mistakes, and you can include that when you look in the mirror and see you. You are definitely not a mistake, just like this show going the way it went today wasn't either. So hopefully this not only touched, it impacted, and it changed and brought transformation to your life. I will be talking to you guys on Sunday. We're going to be talking, uh, continuing this this Laws of Attraction conversation and, and bringing out about the best in you. This year is dedicated to giving you the tools that you need to start leading a profoundly extraordinary life. So, Julia, if we could get that music cued, I'm getting ready to tell you guys it's been a fantastic week. I love you. You guys have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you Sunday night at 730. God bless you. Bye now. Have an awesome weekend. Bye-bye.